Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and the question today is, it's an important one, how can breathing help you improve your focus and performance in your business? <clears throat> and I'll have to ask you to excuse my my um, voice today. It's kind of wanting to not stick around. And the other question is, how does breathing help heal or manage mental or emotional trauma? I've got questions about this, truly. So my guest today is Dr. Amy Novotny, and she is here to share how to calm your nervous system to reduce stress, anxiety, and pain through a very unique breathing and body repositioning technique that she has developed. Now, Amy has founded the PABR Institute with the mission to provide pain, stress, and anxiety relief to those who seek a naturalistic form of treatment when other treatment methods have failed or, or fallen short. And her unique approach comes from her experience treating in a variety of settings and with a wide range of patient populations over the past 11 years. She has a background in orthopedics, sports, geriatrics, balance disorders, nerve disorders, excuse me, and most recently chronic pain and influences from coursework at the Postural Restoration Institute gave her the foundation to develop this treatment method to address a wide variety of painful and restrictive conditions. And listen, I'm going to tell you right now, so many of us are in front of our computer screens. We're sitting in our our chairs. Our posture sucks. We stand up. I don't know about you. I stand up and go, ow. You know, because, I mean, we're just so focused on Zoom meetings or trying to get together with our team members as we work from home. Things have changed, and we need to take better care of how we breathe and how we move and how we treat our body. So quickly before I bring her on, she also co-authored two Amazon number one best-selling books, Don't Quit, Stories of Persistence, Courage, and Faith, and then The Success Habits of Super Achievers. Amy, welcome to your partner in Success Radio. It's good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me on, Denise. I'm excited to be here and share and help your audience. I think you're going to help me first. More than, <laughs> that works too. I, yeah. And, you know, we, you and I have had a couple of chats you know, about why we're not breathing properly. I, look, I'll be honest with you. I catch myself. I'm a computer science degree kind of nerd. I will stare at my computer so much. I'm looking at code. I'm trying to figure out what I broke. Why did I break it? What the hell's going on? And I will catch myself shallow breathing because I'm just so focused. I'm not really even breathing. And then I've got a headache and then I'm thirsty. And there's, you know, we need to kind of be proactive and not get to that point, don't we? Absolutely. And even the thirsty part, that's an indication you're highly likely breathing in and out of your mouth, which causes or contributes to a lot of different types of health issues. I mean, one of the reasons we encourage breathing in through the nose is it it moisturizes the air, it filters it, it um, brings it to a temperature that's good for our body. It also is a protection for against bacteria and viruses and that. So 
the more we can breathe in through our nose, the better. It also stimulates nitric oxide production, which helps dilate blood vessels. So there's a slew of reasons why we want to breathe in through our nose. And see, I never even thought to question, am I mouth breathing? I don't think I am. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not paying attention to actually drawing a breath, I could very well be. So now yeah. I just made myself a note. Are you mouth breathing? God, I hope I'm not. But I'll, I'll find out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I lost you there, Denise. I can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, can there you hear you me now? Okay. Now so I before, before we get into the nuts and bolts of breathing and why it's so yeah. important, and it is, is there anything else you want our audience to know about you before we start really digging into how to get healthier, how to breathe better, how to be smarter with focus? Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely let people know that I do have a doctorate in physical therapy, so the what I have developed and learned, it's a conglomeration of many life experiences. I, you know, I studied anatomy and physiology, taken advanced courses in, in it as well. And I also ran marathons. And so I started playing with this breathing technique when I was running marathons trying to qualify for Boston. And at the time, I had the typical aches and pains, you know, stuff down the leg, tightness, all those things from doing hardcore training. But when I started shifting my breathing and just playing with, I used myself as a guinea pig, I started feeling changes. All of a sudden, I didn't feel tight. And I realized it was, I was calming down my nervous system in the middle of a fast treadmill run. And the pains went away. Afterwards, I didn't have to stretch, roll, or do, you know, scraping or any of those techniques that I used to advocate and tell people that you have to do. I didn't do those anymore. And I got faster and I could run marathons 50 miles pain-free. So it became a matter of, okay, how do I communicate this and what exactly did I stumble on? And I just say that background so people realize that there is some basis to it and it has led to many people getting out of major orthopedic surgeries, back surgeries, neck surgeries, joint replacement surgeries, knee, hip, all those things. Shoulder, rotator cuffs, um, tears, they didn't have to have the surgery. So there is a basis for it, and we can dive into that more, but I just want to give people a little bit of a background on how this came to, came about and how it can really help. So you're not just saying it because you want to say it. You actually have done it, yeah. worked it, and you have some genuine mm -hmm. um, stories that you can share. Yeah. And really yeah. thinking that I may wind up taking questions in the chat room because this is a big thing. This is a big deal. We're all wandering around going, I don't feel good. I've got a headache. Stress mm -hmm. is off the charts. Mm -hmm. And, of course, yeah. the minute you tell yourself or you note to yourself, oh, I don't feel good, guess what happens? You've just given your body permission to go, oh, well, that hurts too. Oh, <laughs> and then off you go. <laughs> yep. So, yep, absolutely. But breathing, absolutely. and it's interesting that you should talk about breathing because I have to be very, very cognizant of my breathing just for family reasons. And mm -hmm. I I came across this TED Talk, and I can't remember her name now, but it's the one where she does the, the Wonder Woman pose. And everybody's seen it. It's one of the top TED, 
TED Talks in the world, but mm-hmm. I still do it. I came across that thing years ago, and I will, before I got on the phone with you today, I stood up, I did my Wonder Woman pose, I did some deep breathing, mm-hmm. and here we are, and I haven't even mispronounced your first name, which is Amy. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> good girl. Right? <laughs> yes, yes, it's a very good day. <laughs> so, so. So let's get into some of the the things that you want people, because I don't want to waste your time here. I want you to really get in and and share with our audience. So why, where do you want to start? I mean, how did you get into helping people out of pain? So you talked a bit about that, but let's just let you run with this. Sure. So I started off doing traditional physical therapy, sports, orthopedics, and some chronic pain. And I was considered a very, very, very good therapist in the Phoenix, Arizona area. But I realized that I wasn't fully addressing everything for the people that came in. And I saw different cases where people were in chronic pain and major stress always accompanied it, always. And so I realized, okay, there has to be more to it than this. And I started taking some coursework through the Postural Restoration Institute that looks at asymmetries in your body and your diaphragm and how that affects the way you move and which can impact your pain. And I, I gained a ton of information from that. But I then I took it a step further and said, okay, there has to be more to it related to that fight or flight nervous system where people are just in this mode that they can't can't come out of. And I saw that in people in chronic pain. So my focus at first was chronic pain, then came the stress, anxiety, trauma, abuse, all that stuff later. And so as I started diving into, and I experimented on myself, as I mentioned earlier, I realized that while I was calming myself down, and it was a stressful point in my life because I just found out my mother was, um, was dying of cancer and I was taking care of her, there was hospice involved, but I could find a way to calm myself down, and I felt that pressure in my chest, you know, that, that knot that we feel in our gut and our chest when we're in extreme stress or emotional conditions. I felt that ease. Like, okay, there's something to it. And when I, that eased, I could feel the tension in my body let go, and I didn't have as much pain. And I combined that with running, and I realized, okay, I'm on to something. Maybe the whole world already knows about this. I don't know. But, you know, I talked to people, I started implementing this and playing with it um, with different patients, and they got better faster than any other traditional methods. And they said they felt so transformed because the stress was less. They didn't have to take as many blood pressure medications. They didn't have to take as many pain medications. And then my thought was, okay, can I use this on people whose body is in a condition where like a joint replacement, they're bone on bone, they're scheduled for surgery, could I potentially get them out of surgery by calming down their fight or flight nervous system to allow their muscles to let go and relax all over their body so their body repositions into neutral? And yes, I could. I found that out. I have a friend of mine, she's a dear friend now, she's a retired psychologist. You can imagine the stress that they go through taking in you know, people's problems all day long, and it's, it's an amazing profession, and we need it. But if a person, a psychologist, doesn't have that barrier to block out the emotional energy that's coming in from their clients, and th- that emotional energy, that negative energy, can imprint in their body over time. And so that's what happened to this lady. And so once we got her 
to calm things down and, and change the way she positions her body, her pain went away. And within two weeks, she canceled her, her knee replacement surgery. And that was back in 2016, and it's held ever since. So this process of what we teach and what I go through with people, it really can have a lasting impact. And it's led to many, many crazy things for me. I mean, I got hired to travel around the world doing photography to keep a guy out of two major surgeries, a joint re knee replacement and a rotator cuff repair. And when I was done with that, I was able to come back and start my own practice. And at that point, I started presenting and I got to meet Robert Kiyosaki and help him out. And from there, other people started telling me about the benefits of the stress and anxiety and how much they didn't have any pain, but this provided them with this relief. And it also served as a tool to allow them to mitigate the, the impact of stress and anxiety. So let's say they practice, they learn how to do this, you know, in the morning at, and at home when they're calm, but then they could use it in the middle of the day. So I just recently had a, um, you know, well-known entrepreneur in the real estate space come up to me and say, hey, I was at a meeting and I couldn't breathe and I was having some trouble. And I went to the bathroom. I did this breathing process. I watched my body position. I went through the whole process. It calmed me down. I was able to return to the meeting with a clear mind, better energy, clear focus, better attention. And so one of the things that I propose to people is let's change the way that you keep yourself, your body position, and the way you breathe because if you can improve your focus, your energy, and your attention, think about how much better your performance is going to be in whatever aspects of life, especially for business people and entrepreneurs. I mean, you know, Denise, how stressed out we get as entrepreneurs and how much that just zaps our energy. If oh, we no can kidding. shift over, it's good, right? Yeah. We need yeah. help. We do. And the thing is, many of us work alone. We have terrific teams. We may have great employees, but a lot of us, and I found this out just by listening to a lot of my, my podcast guests, a lot of us are oddly enough introverts. We're very creative. We need a lot of quiet time. And it's easy yeah. to just kind of slump in your chair and go, crud, that didn't work. All right, what's next? And we just, <clears throat> excuse me. We just keep on going. It's hard to take a break. We're just not wired that way. And for anybody who's listening, Robert Kiyosaki, rich man, poor man, right? Rich dad, poor man. Rich which, man. Which is yeah, rich dad, poor dad. Rich dad, poor dad. I never rich can read I've read his books, but I, okay, yeah. I need to breathe and focus. So what what I'd like for you to to talk to me about, if you would, is just what are some of these positions? Look, I my right hip hurts frequently. Mm -hmm. And I'll catch myself yeah. because it's the way I'm sitting in my chair, and I know it is. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I suspect that everybody listening here has some point in their body that goes, would you just sit up straight, please? Stand up, move, <laughs> take a deep breath. Yeah. But we just keep on going. So how do you help people like us who are just like, uh, you know, I'll go for a walk later. Nah, you know, there's always an excuse. Yeah. What should we do yeah. in the moment? When, look, right now my hip is hurting. I'm telling you, it, I keep poking at it. Mm -hmm. So what does somebody yeah. just say, okay, I have to stop. What's the next move? Right. So there's a couple things that we want to work on. First, we have to get you, if you're sitting, we have to get you in the correct position to allow your body to 
be able to change the way you breathe to calm yourself down. Okay. So let me let me explain that a little bit more. Our rib cage determines the position for pretty much the rest of our body. It's kind of that center kind of stabilizing structure and everything else is attached to it. Now, if that's in a bad position, everything is going to be affected. Also, our breathing and the way we breathe will be affected. So we have to start there. Now, what I'm going to say next is going to probably blow your mind <laughs> because most people go against this. So kind of what you said earlier, sit up straight, tall. We are often taught that as a kid and through our growing years, sit up straight, stand up tall, stick your chest out, pull your shoulders back, suck up your gut. I can't tell you how many problems that leads to. We take Ouch. it to an extreme. Did that. <laughs> and you know, the strange, I have to tell our audience, Amy and I have talked about this. I know better, but it's that childhood yep. conditioning. So keep on going. <laughs> so as soon as you do that, you can feel tension throughout your body increase. And there's a reason because there is something in our back, our fight or flight nervous system, the nervous, that part of the nervous system lies along our spine. So every time you stick out your chest, pull your shoulders back and stuck up your gut, you're crushing on that fight or flight nervous system. So you are telling your body you want to be in fight or flight mode. So guess what? Muscles throughout your body are going to respond by tensing up. And the problem with that is if we're doing that with a body that's not in the correct position, they're going to tense up enough where tissues start to pinch together, cause pain kind of where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know your whole history with your hip pain, but there is definitely some component of what I'm talking about that's related to that hip and the pain you're feeling. It's the way I sit. And Seriously, I'm in my chair mm -hmm. way too much, and I will catch myself because I have an L-shaped desk, and I'm going to blame it on the desk. Mm -hmm. But I have <laughs> monitors, I have dual monitors, I have triple monitors, actually, and I'm constantly shifting positions to go from one end of the desk to the other, and I'm doing it with my body instead of moving my chair. And I know that's wrong, but it's a really bad yeah. habit. So all of a sudden, I'll twist over to my left and then say a really bad word, mumble a little bit, and then move the darn chair. I don't know why it's such a problem for me to just get in the habit of swiveling it's a swivel chair what's the problem mm -hmm. so I've got some kind of a mental block apparently well let's go over the chair part to make sure you're actually sitting in the correct position because a lot of people okay. aren't so first you don't want to sit on the edge of your chair we no I don't sitting good we've taken sitting and we often make it an exercise by sitting on a bouncy ball or a, edge of the chair sitting is designed innately in us to be a position of relaxation and it goes against us, you know, innately when we start to turn it into an exercise. So I tell people, sit all the way back. Let your low back relax. If, and this, I say this, this with a caution. So if you are a person with extreme low back pain, extreme curvature in your low back, then you might need lumbar support. But for the majority of people, I say take out that lumbar support. Let your low back relax into the chair back. Let your tailbone curl under you slightly. And then make sure that your feet are flat on the ground so that your heels are touching the ground. And if in this position you look at your knees and they're lower than your hips, the chair is too high. So you can either lower the chair or put a whole bunch of books under your feet to get your knees just slightly higher than your hips. And what that does, it allows your pelvis to go into relaxation mode to help your back relax. 
to give yourself some relief. It also takes you out of fight or flight mode. Okay, that's I'm curious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now, I've got a vibration plate machine under my desk. I love that thing because I'm at my desk. Mm-hmm. This is what I do. I'm a nerd. I'm really a nerd. I hate to say that, but I am. And I'm constantly thinking or building or creating or crafting, and I need my computer to do that. So I bought one of these vibration plates. I have two of them, actually, one in my bedroom for me to stand and work in front of my you know, full-length mirror. And this one keeps my legs and my ankles and my knees moving quite a bit. It's very comfortable. Should I remove that and go to the ground? Or because my knees I'm looking I did what you said, I moved back, you know, mm-hmm. sat back in the chair. My butt's always mm-hmm. in the chair, but my back is always you know, po- pointing forward, which I get is wrong. Yep. But yep. but my knees yep. are below my hips, believe it or not, even with this plate. So what do you say? Yeah. I say if you have a chair that you can lower it, lower it right now. If not, take away your plate and put a whole bunch of books under your feet okay. because your knees to get, need to get higher. And just those simple tips, I can't tell you how much pain people have alleviated by just doing that alone, getting those knees just slightly higher than their hips. It's, it's such a relieving position for people to help and then make sure your low back's relaxed into the chair back. It's very powerful that alone is just extremely powerful because it allows your body to go into a position of calm. It actually does. I'm doing, it, yeah. I, I'm doing this as we talk, but I can't mm-hmm. lower or, or uh, raise my chair because I'll fall off and you'll hear crying. So I'll do it after. <laughs> <we're done>. Yeah. <laughs> Something yeah. ugly will happen. I promise you, but I, I see what you're going because I have, you know, I've scooted back. Well, my like I said, my butt was always at the back of the chair. That's I don't know why I do I always have. But the problem that I have, and I'm willing to bet that a lot of our audience members have, is we may be sitting almost correctly, but we've got to get in front of that keyboard. We've got to get closer to that mm-hmm. monitor. In my case, those monitors. That's going to require some really consistent, hey, Denise, stop, move, isn't it? I'm going to have to really train myself. Right now, initially, yes. But I think once you feel the relief and as you start to shift, once you feel the relief, as soon as you don't pay attention to this and you go in your old habits of your old position, your body will talk at you and scream at you. You'll get your attention and you shift. Right. Right. And I'm looking, you know, I'm thinking while we're talking, well, you know, one of the reasons I'm always hunched over in front of my monitors is because I need to see what's going on. Listen, I am right now. I've got my chair back a bit. I'm probably, I'm just guessing women are not real good with measurements, but I'm guessing I'm at least a yard away, three feet away from my monitor. I can read everything. So why do I keep hunching over it? Um, the reason that you're hunching over is one, because you're trying to reach for, you know, reach for everything. And the thing that we need to do is get the monitor to come back to us and let yourself sit back. So check, you know, it could be your eyesight. It could be we're so used to when we're thinking about something and involved in something, we're so used to moving our head forward into it. It's a way that we try to connect with something. And so part of it is we need to become present in our body and allow things to come to us, not us reach for something. 
it's, it's very hard. One of the reasons why we lean and get into something is we're trying to generate energy for it, and that becomes a problem. So as we go through looking at this and becoming more present, if you allow yourself to sit back, now you are not using energy just to put yourself in a position to exist. You are using energy for your ability to focus and perform. Because think about it, if you are leaning forward, your back is arched and you're tensed up, you're, you're in whatever it is you're reading on your screen, you are taking body energy into the fight or flight nervous system to tense you up, to give you, you know, the ability to, you know, to focus or do whatever. You wanna be on that edge. You don't need to do that. You can still have focus and attention if you sit back and you allow yourself. You actually have more because now you're not taking the energy into putting yourself into this physical state, which draws away from what you're thinking about and processing and analyzing. You can now move the energy into those things. And it takes some time because at first we're so, we're so mentally set. Our mindset is such that we're taught, you have to sit up straight. If I sit relaxed back in my chair, I'm considered a slouch. We're just, we're taught that for so long that that's our mindset. But if we sit back and you allow yourself to not use the energy for sitting up, you can truly put it into your processes. And it may mean some adjustments to your, your desktop. It might mean putting your, your keyboard on a sliding tray and bringing it closer to you. Or putting it on some type of tray on your lap and then you have your monitor bring it up closer. So there are some adjustments that you might need to do. But one of the most powerful things that I find is if we can get you into a more curled position in terms of relaxed back, like I'll have people sit in a chair and then really lift up their knees so that they can write in their journal on their lap, takes away the stress of just ha having your body in an upright, rigid position. And you can write. That's how I write. When I write stuff, you know, content or chapters for a book or whatever, I get into this position where I lift my knees up. I'm kind of curled up almost in a fetal position. But my ability to focus is so high and I can write and produce in such a better fashion than if I sit rigid at the edge of my chair because now I'm taking away energy from my thoughts and processes. That is, I'm picturing all of this, and I'm trying to do a lot of what you're, you're well, right now I'm just relaxed in my chair. L let's go, let's move over to standing, because you and I had a conversation, because look, as a kid, yeah, I remember that my mom, my dad was very big on posture, very, I mean, almost brutal about it. And he would have us stand or he would have my mom do it, but we would have to stand, you know, next to a wall and put a book on our head, which is not, mm -hmm. it's not the easiest thing. Not everybody has a flat head. <laughs> Come on. And we did it and I still yeah. have very, very good posture and I'm proud of my posture. So, but does any of what we're talking about here, kind of translate that into, you know, standing up, shoulders back. I mean, we yeah, talked a bit yeah. about that as well. 
It does. It makes a big difference. And it's funny, there's a lot of cultures where you carry stuff over your on your head. And I'm actually working with a lady now where she was taught to carry, you know, buckets on her head. And she was in this forward, just stick your butt out, chest out posture. And she's in severe pain. And I want to go through why. So, and it wasn't from carrying the bucket. It was from how she positioned herself because she didn't, she didn't actually carry buckets. She was just taught how to do that. But let's go through that. So if you think about your rib cage, your rib cage is a cylinder. It is a cylinder that protects things. Now, if we take the front of our rib cage and we lift it up and make it prominent and pull our shoulders back and suck up our gut, you're essentially taking a cylinder that was in neutral and you're now hinging because you're lifting up the front and you're going to hinge off your low back. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. As soon as you do that, your pelvis has to tip up, tip forward so you don't fall backwards. And now you've increased the curvature in your low back. The problem with that is when you do that, your back muscles start to contract abnormally. And when they contract abnormally, they put pressure on your discs and your spine. They put pressure on your nerve roots. They put pressure on all the tissues back there. And the other problem is when your back muscles start to over contract like that, they compress on that fight or flight nervous system. So if you think about it, when you were taught to stand up against the wall with something over on your head, a book on your head, I bet you didn't feel calm. I bet. No, that I was pretty ticked. You... I thought it was just, <laughs> I really, I remember thinking, I stand up straight. What? Why are you picking on me? <laughs> it was really yeah. annoying. It is, and the problem with that is when you're doing that. Well, one, you're angry about doing that, <laughs> just in general. But two, as soon as you suck up your gut and lift up your rib cage, you're never going to be in position of calm and relaxation. You can't because you're crushing on the nervous system that tells you to be in a mode of stress, in a mode of I need to fight or flee something. And the worst part of it is it affects the way you breathe. When you lift up the front of your rib cage, it affects the position of your diaphragm. So in order to get air in, you have to lift up your ribs even more using your shoulders, neck, and back muscles to get air in because you've put your diaphragm at a disadvantage and it can't work as well. And we know one of the biggest functions of the diaphragm is to stimulate a nerve called your vagus nerve to calm you down. So not only did standing that way put you in a position that activates that fight or flight nervous system, but it changes the way you breathe so that you breathe to activate that fight or flight nervous system. So you have a double whammy. And the thing, (laughs) and this is what I found, and this is how I started helping people because I changed the way they position themselves, which affects the way they breathe, and then changed the way they breathe. And boom, all of a sudden they get this relief that they didn't even think was possible. And yeah. this has to do with pain, obviously, because we obviously, I, I think we're taught that pain is synom- synonymous, oh, I can say that word, with aging or an injury from yeah. years ago. I mean, we all just, I'm not one of those people, honestly, Amy, that thinks that that aging is just going to crush you. I just don't buy it. I don't believe it. You know, for some people, 
Yeah. You watch them and go, hmm, what happened? But I think our belief system has a lot to do with how we age as well. But yeah, is pain synonymous with aging? Or, I mean, are we just stuck with it? No. No, oh, I don't girl. believe that. Okay, keep talking. In my, heart, in my heart, I don't believe it. And here's why. So as I was describing about this whole rib cage position, most of us have some type of, um, you know, ab, you know, some type of compensation. We've moved our rib cage out of neutral. If you think about little kids, the ribs are down, their bellies out. It's not until they're, they're old enough where they can retrain. Yeah. When and they, they look can, like they, they have scoliosis, all of them. They look like they, you know, their spines are bowed, and they're not. They're just being perfectly natural. Yeah. But and then what happens is we tell them to sit up straight, sit up tall, and they and we all do it to excess. We lose the ability to be neutral. And I'm not saying I want you to be a hunchback or slouch over. No. I want you to be in neutral where your lower ribs in front are flush with your abdominal, side abdominal muscles to keep you back in neutral. And, and here's why I say that aging, it's not synonymous with uh, pain, is because if you think about an older person, you can have older people that have pain or not pain. You can have people who have on MRI, they have the worst MRI ever, they have disc herniation, they have just degeneration, and they have no pain. But they're loose. They're relaxed. And so I say pain is more of a signal, unless it's tra- trauma, you know, like a car accident or something. Pain is often a signal that your body's out of position. We get out of position because we think that we're supposed to be in a certain position, and then we have stressors of life. Stressors in our life, for instance, if you think about it, Work, finances, relationships, kids, parents, um, driving, pandemic, you know, all these things. Every single one of those stressors kicks in our fight-or-flight nervous system response. As we talked about earlier, that response causes muscles to contract all over our body. When that happens, it's going to pull on bones and joints. If our bones or joints are not in a neutral position and the muscles start contracting, it's going to cause them to be pulled further out of position. And eventually you get to a point where you wake up one day and you have pain. And what happened is you got enough stressors in your life that puts you over that sympathetic threshold and the muscles tightened up just enough that tissues now start to pinch together and you have pain. Now you can work the reverse. Just as much as you got there, you can work the reverse and say, okay, I need to learn how to sense my nervous system calming down so I can actually sense my muscles letting go, which allow my joints to go back into its neutral position, the pain stops. This is exactly what I do with people who stress, anxiety, sleep issues, joint replacements, this is what I do. And the lady I described earlier, that psychologist, she's in her late 70s. So she, you know, doctors told her she should be in pain, she needs to have that surgery, it's just aging, it's just arthritis beg to differ. It's not that. She learned how to calm down her nervous system and to get her body to release muscles that were pulling abnormally on her joints and contributing to the pain. And sometimes it it can be a process to do this. Sometimes people can get it very quickly in one or two sessions and just, just truly absorb it. Sometimes not. Sometimes it can take a while and you know, it depends on each person and how well they're used to managing stress and 
feeling their body. But I do not believe in my heart and what I've seen that pain and aging are synonymous. Listen, I agree with you. You know, I've watched my, my grandfather who was massively healthy until he had a heart attack, but and that just came out of the blue, but he was quite elderly. He worked his little farm. He played with his dog. It never occurred to him that he should have any pain at all. And then I've mm-hmm. met other older people. There was a pair of sisters that I met when I was quite young, and they were phenomenal, you know, kind of like my grandfather, working in their yards, working in their garden, canning. You know, they married, widowed, you know, the the process of life, and they eventually moved in together. I think they were in their 90s, and I never saw them have a sick day. And I have modeled those sisters and my grandfather and a couple of friends that I have right now who are in their 90s as my heroes. Whatever they're doing, I'm going to do that. And I think a lot of it, honestly, is mindset. If you think you're going to be sick, you're going Mm -hmm. to be sick. I think that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, well, and I totally agree with that. That and movement. So we know that our thoughts and our beliefs change our brain neurochemistry and so that also influences that fight or flight nervous system and can lead to muscles contracting or not contracting abnormally and the way i think of it is let's say you're holding up a bucket if you're holding up a bucket and it has you know 10 pounds of water in it whatever okay and you feel you're telling yourself okay my biceps muscle in my upper arm is working to hold this bucket up Now, all of a sudden, you hear a gunshot go off. Your whole body tenses up. That's sympathetic tone that was added to your whole entire body. Now, you go ahead and put the bucket down. You're still going to be rattled by that gunshot that just went off in your ear, and your body is going to be tense all over. That's sympathetic tone. It's a layer of muscle contraction that happened based on a shocking or a frightful thing. That happens at a certain level with all of our stressors in life. But we often don't know how to release that and let it go. And that's what people forget how to do. So if you can learn how to do that and you become very conscious and aware of it and spend some time in the evening saying, you know what, I had a stressful day or I had a semi-stressful day, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to change the way I breathe and spend some time releasing all of that extra sympathetic tone in my muscles and my body. And you can actually feel your body let go, you can feel this calm come over you. And this is what I recommend for entrepreneurs and business owners to spend a couple times throughout your day. You know, I say, do it right before you eat lunch. Spend just a few minutes, go through some breathing. Let's go through how to release all that tension that built up from your morning meetings. Do it again before you leave work or before dinner and then before you go to bed at night. So that way you can just go to bed and fully let go so that your body doesn't trap in everything that happens throughout your day, but you fully release it all so it doesn't stay stuck in you. Right. And I was going to ask you about sleeping. Sleeping, if anybody follows me, they know that sleeping is not something I'm an expert at. Not even close. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I catnap. I have catnapped all my life. I don't get in bed, lay down, and wake up the next morning. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if I need to do some of these exercises to help me relax enough to, well, first of all, getting to sleep is always yeah. an issue. I'm not insomnia. Yeah. That's not insomniac, yeah. but I have a chicken brain and it's always, 
it's always going. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't slow down. But what can I do? What can any of us do who just don't sleep well? What should we be doing? Are there any quick little exercises that you can share with us? Yeah, I can go through the breathing process. And I can just go through it just for, you know, a few minutes so people understand what to do. And the reason I say this is if you imagine your body is in fight-or-flight mode throughout your day, your muscles are working in that mode, if all of a sudden you expect that to turn off during at night to go to sleep, that's where we have problems. So instead, let's break up our nervous system habits throughout the day, and we'll go through that process in a second. So that way, when it comes time to sleep, when you're going to sleep, you can practice the same process and you already know that you can release attention, you can release and let go. It's actually really, really powerful because besides going through this process of breathing, it also brings you present to how your body feels. Okay. So if we have time, I'd like to kind of go through that. And we can actually practice it seated so that way people get an idea of it in a seated position, and then you can actually use it when you're lying down as well. We've got 20 minutes, and if we run out of time, I'll bring you back because I think this is really, really important. Okay. Now let's go, let's do this in a seated position. And we're going to get your body set up because that's always important is your body position because that affects how you breathe. So if you sit back all the way in your chair, let your tailbone curl underneath you a little bit, Let your back all the way up to your shoulders relax back. Then we're going to put our feet flat on the ground or on top of some books so that your knees are at the level of your hips or higher or slightly higher. Then we're going to put one hand on your chest, one hand on your belly. Next thing, no one likes, but let your belly come out. Try to release it. That's hard for most people. We're used to sucking it up and in. And I challenge you to catch yourself as many times throughout the day as possible. See, check your stomach and see if you're sucking it up and in. Now, in this position, I often tell people to close their eyes so they're getting rid of any distractions in the outside world. We're going to go through a four-step breathing process. It's going to start easy, and it may seem simple, but it's going to get a little bit more difficult as I tell you more stuff to do. The four steps are breathing in through the nose, pausing a second, blowing out through your mouth, and then pausing three seconds. Now initially, you may only be able to pause one to two seconds and hold your breath. Eventually, we'd like you to get up to three seconds or longer where you're holding your breath after you exhale. I'm going to go through and coach you through this process and If you need to breathe faster than what I'm saying, go for it. And I'm still going to coach you on some certain things to feel and do as we go through that process. So keep one hand right over your breastbone, one hand right over your belly button. Close those eyes and here we go. Gently breathe in your nose. Feel the air go in without effort. Pause and blow out. Feel the air coming out of your mouth. Hear that whoosh. Hold. Hold and breathe in. Gently breathe in your nose to your throat passively. Pause and blow out. 
Hear the air coming out of your mouth as you fully blow out. Then hold your breath, hold your breath, and breathe in. Gently breathe in your nose, passively and without effort. Pause and blow out. Feel your chest melt under your hand as it sinks in. Feel your belly spill out as you exhale. Hold. Hold and breathe in. Gently breathe in your nose to your throat without lifting your shoulders. Pause and blow out. Feel your collarbones drop down away from your chin. Feel your chest melt in, belly spills out. Hold and breathe in. Gently breathe in your nose to your throat without effort. Pause and blow out. Feel your chest melt in. Ribs are dropping down as your low back relaxes. Hold. Hold and breathe in. Feel the air go in without effort. Pause and blow out. Feel your chest melt in. Feel your collarbones relax as your armpits soften. Hold. Hold and breathe in. Keep the ribs down as you breathe in. Feel the air go in your nose to your throat to your lungs. Pause and blow out. Feel your chest melt in. Ribs are dropping down as your belly spills out. Hold. Hold and breathe in. Keep the ribs down as you breathe in. Feel the air go in passively and blow out. Chest melts in. Feel the low back let go, belly comes out. Hold. Hold and breathe in. Keep the ribs down as you breathe in. Feel the air go in without effort. Pause and blow out. Chest melts in. Feel the rib cage drop down as your low back relaxes. Hold. Hold and breathe in. Keep your back relaxed as you breathe in. Feel the air go in without effort. Pause and blow out. Feel your chest melt in. Your ribs are dropping down as your butt cheeks open and your tailbone drops down. Hold. Hold and take a break. So I'm curious, Denise, could you feel your body starting to let go at all? I could. And you know what is interesting to me? I was trying to follow all of my different points, you know, my chest, my my back, my butt, all of it. But you know what I noticed yeah. every single time? My shoulders would drop mm-hmm. and my neck would mm-hmm. all of a sudden feel kind of soft and buttery, which is really, yes. Yes. It, so that I was doing it correctly because I would, you know, I was holding yeah. my, my, um, you know, my heart, or my where I think my heart might be. I've never, I'm not sure I have one. Yeah. But, you know, I would say, okay, well, now my shoulders just dropped down. That's interesting. Is that, mm-hmm. Am I doing it right? But, yes, yeah. I'm very relaxed. So if I fall asleep, take the show if you don't mind. Oh. <laughs> no problem. So that's good. A lot of times we, we think to get our shoulders to relax, we have to pull them backwards. And I say, no, that actually activates your fight or flight nervous system because you're using your back muscles. Instead, if you want your shoulders to relax, you have to move the rib cage down so the shoulders can actually come down and relax. That's what we were doing with you. 
which when your shoulders relax down, your rib cage relax down, it frees up those muscles around your neck, those upper traps, it frees everything up so they go back into a neutral resting position. They're not overly contracting. It's fascinating. I mean, I I wasn't expecting that, but I would actually almost, I caught myself measuring my, my shoulder drop, if you will, by millimeters. Like, oh, that was three millimeters. Oh, five. I, I used to be a jeweler, so there's a reason for millimeters. <laughs> but I, could, I was measuring it going, well, that's interesting. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I would notice that my, my tailbone would tense up a bit, and then I'd have to start, you know, every time you would start over, and I would hear the words that you were using, I would start paying mm-hmm. attention to something a little bit different. But every single time, my shoulder dropping Mm -hmm. was fascinating. Yeah. And it's neat because here's a question for you, too. Could you feel your chest melting in and your belly coming out? That's that's a crucial point. Good. Yeah, yeah. But then, of course, I let it. You know, you told me to kind of don't suck it in, which who wants to suck in their bellies these days? We've got COVID 15, 20 pounds. I mean, come on. Can we even do it anymore? I'm not joking. But yeah, it's Mm -hmm. just, yeah, that was a toughie. It's like, oh, really? You, if I look down and I can see my belly, I'm going to have to go, you know, start a diet. Well, fortunately I couldn't see it, but still it's, it's not natural to us, is it? Yeah, it's not. But think about how relaxed you feel now. So that's just an overall relaxation. And you can use this throughout your day because you want to be able to feel this throughout your day. You don't want to be in this tense ball of muscle contraction all day long because then how is your body supposed to know how to let go at night if all you've been doing is training the nervous system to keep you tense? Exactly. No, no, and that makes sense. So I was going to ask you, I mean, you're walking us through how to do this in a chair. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you had uh, somebody meet up with you at a real estate thing. And I think I remember what that was. I remember you and mm-hmm. Tammy talking about Tammy mm-hmm. Thrasher Mitchell. But um, mm-hmm. can you do this standing? You know, like if you have to race into a bathroom and say, I'm going to kill somebody in that room. I need to stress and <laughs> get rid of this. Or can you do it while you're in bed? Because I'm telling you, sleeping is not mm-hmm. my friend. I don't do it well. Yeah, so you can do it in both positions. There are there are some differences when you're doing it in standing versus sitting because obviously safety is important. I don't want you to fall asleep standing up. I usually have people have their hands on a surface to balance themselves out. But for for sleeping, depending on the position that a person sleeps, I usually recommend doing this on their side with the pillow between the knees and ankles and another one at your chest so your top arm can drape over it. So I usually no, like a pregnancy pillow. Men. Isn't that like the yeah. big mom pillow? Yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Um, and if, even if you don't have that, you can use a couple bed pillows or whatever, or I even say roll up some towels and stick them in a pillowcase or something to make them softer. But put one between your ankles, between your knees, and then at your chest for your arm to drape over. And then you can practice that breathing that I just took you through. And the focus is right before sleeping, is you want to get your breastbone to melt in and let go. That's crucial. Okay. I'm trying to think. I don't have a big pillow, but I do have one of those foam rollers. You know, everybody mm-hmm. has a foam roller to try, get on the floor, and you try yeah. to get the, you know, break up the uh, the fascia, fascia. Mm-hmm. I don't. Know. Mm-hmm. And it's 
Yeah. Getting dusty. I wonder if I can use that for my, you know, in my ankles and legs. I wouldn't recommend that because it's not no. hard. I mean, it's too hard. It's not soft. It, yeah, it That's, is pretty It's not going to allow you to relax. I, uh-huh. I would recommend using bath towels or a blanket between your knees okay. and ankles. I would not use anything hard at all. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Well, I'm a girl. We've got pillows everywhere, don't we? They're on the couch. They're on the bed. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. They're in. They're in my yard furniture. I've got pillows, so that's. But I, I'm glad I mentioned that because I would have tried that and said, oh, Amy, it's not working. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But that so, can give you a very powerful way to help you sleep. And it's important. I mean, breathing. I don't think any of us really understand how important it is. We just kind of take it for granted. And listen, I come from a family that has, we have a um, family lung disease. I just lost my brother two weeks ago. My mm-hmm. sister is, is suffering right now with, with lung issues. I'm the only one that doesn't have lung issues yet. And I'm going to keep mm-hmm. it that way. So yeah. Yeah. that's and this is really why I wanted you to, to come on because it is so important and I do catch myself shallow breathing more often than I'm comfortable with. So I'm going to, you know, move my desk around well not the desk, but my chair is going to go up or down and this plate underneath my desk is about six no, it's about eight inches tall. So my feet are my legs, my knees are already pretty high up anyway. But I'm going to play with that, and I'll let you know how it works. Okay, so we've got about six minutes, and, I mean, you have given us so much information. But we talked a little bit about stress, how it influences pain and our breathing and our bodies. I think we've covered that. Success stories. I mean, you've shared a couple. How did you help the lady with the bucket? I mean, what is she doing differently now? So we had to work on our mindset. She was so ingrained with her culture where your chest is so far forward and up and your butt is back that the top part of your trunk has is in front of your legs. And so it was truly a matter of saying, listen, I'm going to put you in a position. And I had to prove to her. I say, I'm going to put you in a position, and I want you to tell me how this feels compared to what you were doing. So I put her in a position where her rib cage was down and back, her pelvis was tucked under her, and she just felt relief. I mean, she stood for the first time without pain. She could feel, she, you know, she's an entrepreneur. She could feel the tension leave her body. And it was just, it was so powerful for her. And it was a little bit emotional as well because she had to go against many beliefs that were taught by her, her mother, her grandmother, her culture. And I said, I understand. I, I love cultures. I am, I am a world traveler. I love learning. But I also want to teach you how to get out of this fibromyalgia condition where you have pain all the time and no one can do anything about it and no one knows what to do about it because nothing shows up on x-ray or MRI. But I can see that your nervous system, your fight or flight nervous system, your stress nervous system is so taxed that we have to change your body position because I can't stress how much our stress levels are related to our body position. It sets the tone for everything. And so once she realized that she can control her, her resting state of her fight or flight nervous system, it makes it easier for her to handle other stresses too because she's not already on edge. And then she also feels that relief in her body because she can change. 
So she's gone through a significant transformation, both in mind and body and emotion and stress level, just by us working on changing her breathing and the way she positions herself. And she has and fibromyalgia. That's one of those, you can't prove you have it, you can't prove you don't have it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those mystery type of things. I have friends who say they have it. And I always want to know, well, how do you know? How, how yeah. can you actually know this? I'm not being ugly about it. I just don't think it's mm-hmm. a diagnosable tr- thing. So it, it's pretty interesting. Listen, we've got about three minutes, and I had a couple of other mm-hmm. questions I wanted to ask you. And I'll ask you to you know, tell me, can we cover these? now or can should we come to another show one of them is you know how breathing can help you improve your focus this is a business podcast Mm -hmm. so i wanted to you know really have you help our people our audience really study how to improve focus and performance in your business i think we've covered a bit of it and the other one was and i suspect that this is a bigger bigger conversation Mm -hmm. is how does breathing help heal or manage mental or emotional trauma so do we should we come to another episode do you think or tell me what you want what if we wanted to cover it to really help people because the answer i give in two minutes i don't think will serve people as well as it could and i I know we could discuss it longer okay well, let's do that. As soon as we're done here, I will go ahead and, and give you a call and we'll get you set up again because this okay. is a fascinating topic. And honestly, I did not know that just breathing could drop my shoulders. And I'm yeah. Yeah. pushing my shoulders around now going, huh, you, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's stop. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes. And look at your hip, too. See if that changes the more you practice this. And you know, I don't have any damage as far as I know. I've never heard it. It just mm-hmm. I think it's the way I sit. In fact I'm convinced it is. Okay, so Amy, mm-hmm. we've got just a minute or so here. Tell people and you're definitely coming back, so that's the good sure. news for our audience, but tell people where they can find you and if they want to work with you, let us know that as well. Yeah, so I am on pretty much every social media out there. They can find me that way. But what I usually offer people is if they mention that they're, they heard me on your podcast, I'll do a free 15-minute consultation if they send me an email or just even if they send me an email, it's amy, A-M-Y, at P-A-B-R-Institute.com. And they, even if they don't want to do a consultation, if they say a little bit about what they're looking for, they want some free videos, if they want to join a group where I do guided breathing for a couple times a week, or if they want to work one-on-one with coaching. And the one-on-one virtual coaching, I have clients all over the world, it's great because I record the session if they're okay with it. So as we're going through everything and I point stuff out about the person's body and what they're going through and we're coaching them, they can review it. They can see what's going on and they can see their body change and shift over time. So my email again is amy, A-M-Y, at Haber, P-A-B-R, institute.com. Excellent. Amy, thank you so much. It's been wonderful speaking with you, and I genuinely thank you for all of the wonderful tips and advice, and I'm going to go out there and share what you've you know, shared with me to my cats because they're my audience. <laughs> so they can, they can look at me and go, what the heck? <laughs> but, but I think you gave some great information to our audience, and I really appreciate that, and I look forward to you 
excuse me, coming back. So before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us in iTunes, Prime. Yeah, I'm in Prime. We're in Audible. We're everywhere. Just go anywhere you consume your business podcast and look for your partner in Success Radio. Take us along on your success journey. Amy, again. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.